Morning, guys. Morning. <clears throat> sure. Now, what a privilege to be able to just be with you this morning and to preach to you what the Lord has just laid on my heart. And uh, but first of all, yo, guys, thanks for that worship. It just humbled me. I was just reminded at the end of the worship, well, what the Lord has done for us and how he laid down his life and how he suffered for us. And I thought to myself, sure, I don't want to do any sin. That just happens sometimes. I don't want to do anything wrong to upset my Lord. Just thinking about what he has done for us, that he laid down his life. On Friday, it was Good Friday. It was a day that the Lord Jesus got on that cross and he was sacrificed and he was killed for our sins. And you knew that that was going to happen. So when he was with the Father, for all eternity he was with the Father. He's the Word of God. It says in John chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him is life, and the life is the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Then it says, there was a man who was sent by God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. He himself was not the light. He came in as a witness to testify. It was John the Baptist. And he says, but Jesus, who is the true light, was coming into the world. And although the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And he came to that which was his own. And his own <laughs> did not receive him. But to all those who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent or of human decision or of husband's will, but born of God. And then it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us in verse 14. Jesus became flesh. And so when he was with the Father, before he even came to earth for this mission, he said through the psalmist David, and in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5, he said, a body you have prepared for me. A body you have prepared for me. And so he knew and he was saying to his father, and for all of us to know, years before he was even born through the Virgin Mary, he said, a body you have prepared for me. I know you've got a body for me. You've got a plan for me. And my plan is to come to earth, to live a life, to show, to show the people, to show the world what the father is like, to show us how to live, to show us how to follow him, and then also to sacrifice his life for us so that we can have eternal life. He knew that was his mission. And so on Good Friday, he fulfilled that mission by getting on the cross, suffering and dying for our sins. And so when I was thinking of that just now, I was thinking, I don't want to do anything wrong from here on out. I don't want to disappoint such a great love that the Father has for us. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, the whole of heaven is watching us. Therefore, we are, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning a shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Hallelujah! <laughs> so, I mean, there is, there is glory in his death, that he died for us, that he sacrificed his he, he, he was sacrificed for us, but then there's also the hope that he didn't just die. But Jesus said that he would die for us. He would be the first fruits. He would be the first one to die and then be resurrected. But then us afterwards who come and believe in him, we too, when we die, we won't 
be separated from God for all eternity, but we too will be resurrected with Him. However, if He had to just die and He wasn't resurrected, we'd be hopeless. We'd be without any hope. But He is risen. He is at the right hand of God, and therefore we have a hope, and that is found in Him. Amen? So while He went to be with the Father, even now He's at the right hand of the Father that says that He's doing many things for us. He's interceding for us. He's like an advocate. He's praying to the Father on our behalf. He's helping us every day in our walk. And uh, as you went to go sit on the right hand of the Father, there's a few things that He did for us, a few things that He's given us. And I think it's just a few things that the Lord wants to remind us of this morning that He has done for us and that He has given us, almost like gifts. It's so Easter time, so you're not getting chocolates um, this morning or Easter eggs, but just some gifts that the Lord wants to remind us about, the things that He has given us. Now, there are many things, but I was just a few that I thought the Lord wanted to just highlight to us. And the first one is this, is that He has given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a third part of the triune God. God the Father is God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit He has given to us. It says in John chapter 16 from verse 47, and Jesus speaks and He says, But I have said these things to you, that when the hour comes... These things, that when these things come to pass, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? Even though he was telling his disciples what he was going to go through, where he had come from, where he was going back to, they didn't understand. All they knew was this, Jesus loved them so much, and that was their teacher and their rabbi, but they didn't understand the deeper things of sacrifice and salvation and, and eternal life yet. He says, but because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. And it says in another portion that I won't leave you alone as orphans. Because there were these disciples, there were men and women that were his, um, his friends, and he loved them, and they saw the truth in him, and they, and they saw the Father in him, but now all of a sudden he was going to be taken away, and sorrow began to fall their heart. And he said, I'm not going to leave you alone as orphans. I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the gift, the free gift of the Holy Spirit. To all those who would believe, I give you the free gift of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say we wouldn't be able to live this life out as Christians without the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't be able to endure temptation. We wouldn't be able to persevere without the gift of the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't be able to evangelize like we did on Friday <clears throat> without the Holy Spirit. I want to say we went to evangelize on Friday, and I think for all of us it was the move of Faith. We came to realize, you know, sometimes when you have to go and do something for the Lord, on that day, you're just not in the mood. It's like, is the Lord even calling me to do this? Because I'm just not feeling it. But um, I think, and we were all going through the same thing. So as we went to go hit the streets, we met at Flamingo Square. Um, some guys from the 11 o'clock congregation and from the 8.30, we got together. And uh, we, oh, we cried out to the Lord for the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, the Lord came and He gave us a joy and He gave us some encouragement and He gave us words for people. I'm just thinking of even the young kids like Ethan, who's 12 years old, he went out with us and as we were praying for people and asking people, is there anything we can pray for you for? And we're inviting them to church. 
Um, Ethan had some words. The Holy Spirit was on him. And he had some words for some people. And he said to this one lady, I just see colorful. She said, well, I'm an interior designer. And I said, that word was a word of knowledge for her. And it ministered to her. And then she began to take note. Okay, now these people are for real. But we, because we needed the Holy Spirit. And we were desperate for the Holy Spirit. Jesus is in heaven. The Lord is in heaven. Even though he's with us. But he sent his Holy Spirit that we won't be alone but that we will have a comforter, someone to comfort us, someone to empower us. Amen? In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in all of Judea, sorry, in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That word power there um, in the Greek is dunamis. It's a dynamite power. It's the it's the almighty power. <laughs> it's God's power. It's dynamite power of the Holy Spirit that the Lord has given us. And it says in the Bible that the resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead is that same power that we have in us. The resurrecting power. Resurrecting meaning dead but alive. Like many of us were dead. But when we came to Christ, He put His Spirit in us and He made us alive. What a gift that you can be alive today. There are many people in the world, they're walking around living, but they're dead inside. They're dead to God, but we are alive to God by the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the resurrection power of God. Because He was resurrected, we have a power, that same resurrecting power. Amen? And I think we were just speaking just on Friday as well. Sometimes, you know, we know we have the power of the Holy Spirit, but we don't make use of it. It's like we, we are these jars full of power, and things in life begin to bother us, and then we don't, we don't tap into this power. We might think we don't deserve it, or we don't have it, but if the Lord says, you know, I've given you the Holy Spirit, I want you to know that you have the Holy Spirit, and uh, take advantage of that. Use the Holy Spirit. Amen? The resurrection power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, is now available to you and me. I remember when we went on an outreach to Africa, um, Cliff and Dan, they were, we were all together in 2018, and we came down from, we went to five nations, and we came down from Lusaka um, into Botswana, and Cliff's bike uh, broke down. Sorry, Cliff. <laughs> but um, I decided to stay behind with Cliff, and the rest of the guys went down towards Botswana, towards the camp. So I waited with, with Cliff until the recovery vehicle came. And then eventually when I came, I said to him, cheers, I'm going to catch up to these guys, and shoom, off I am with my motorbike through Botswana, and there's just forest and one road, you don't see any houses, nothing like that. And all of a sudden, a little man jumps out in the road with a little wand, and he pulls me over, and he was hiding behind the tree, him and his friend. And um, the one had a desk there, and a pay point where you can pay for your fine, and the other one was, was behind the camera, and they caught me speeding. And uh, so while I was there, I was sure, I was getting in the, getting in the flesh here, I was getting angry. I'm like, yo, you know, we're doing the work of the Lord, and you want to come give me a fine here? Yeah? And uh, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, these guys aren't very big, I'll take them out and leave them in the bush and just... <laughs> no, no, no. But um, while I'm there, I'm saying to them, I feel the Lord saying, no, you need to come with the opp opposite spirit here. Yeah? And so I say to them, look, you guys, while I am here, I want you to know we are doing the work of the Lord and uh, those guys that I was after, they, you know, I need to catch up to them. But um, is there anything that I can pray for you for? 
you know, these guys. And the one guy said to me, oh, he's had this pain around his back and his, his middle for, for many years. And so I prayed for him, and he felt it. I said to him, how are you feeling? He says, no, it feels like it's totally gone. So I said, no, praise the Lord. And then the other guy, um, he said, no, well, he hasn't been able to have um, intimacy with his wife. He's got a bit of a problem down there, you know? So I said, no, it's cool. I'll pray for you. Put my hands on his chest. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> trusting for the power to move from north to south. <laughs> praise God. And... Um, And even though I wasn't feeling like it, I had to, even though we don't feel like we have the Holy Spirit sometimes, we act in faith anyway. On a certain Friday, we didn't feel like evangelizing, but we acted in faith anyway, and some people's lives were changed. And when we, I prayed for this guy, I was just acting in faith, just a little word from the Lord. It wasn't a great feeling of power that I had, and then, but I prayed for him, and after I prayed for him, I said, dude, did anything happen? He said, yeah, I felt something move down there. I'm like, whoa, that's the resurrection power right there. And... Uh, Praise God, the power that resurrection means something that's dead that can come to life. Amen. So they were very happy. And when the recovery vehicle came down, when the recovery vehicle came down, um, they were fined as well. Um, that's the recovery vehicle, and they got a big trailer at the back full of, well, there were two bikes on there, and they were speeding as well, and they got a fine. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not alone. And then they said, hey, your friend Declan was there, he prayed fast and you got healed, um, but here's your phone. <laughs> and coming back to Cape Town, I took down their numbers, and coming back to Cape Town, I, I, I WhatsApp to one guy in Botswana, I said to him, how's it going now with the wife, you know? He says, no, 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 please, um, she's smiling now, can you please keep praying? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, stop your lordy. But, um, but we have the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to say that. We have the power of the Holy Ghost even when you don't feel it. As God's children, we have that resurrection power. I hope you're never going to look at that word differently, but the resurrection power, that which is dead, can come to life. Even as you pray for people, people that are dead inside, they can come to life as you lay hands on them, as you pray for them. Amen? That's the gift that He has given us, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 13 to 14, more of the Spirit. It says, In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, the good news of your salvation, the good news of, of you being saved from being separated from God for all eternity, when you heard that and you believed in Him, that word believe doesn't just mean as the demons believe and many people believe in different things. It's pursue you. It's a Greek word for I entrust my whole spiritual being to Christ for everything. That's belief. When you believe in Him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. It says when the moment you believed in Him, and you received him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And it's a guarantee of the things to come. It's like a deposit. When you pay a deposit for your house or your car, you put a deposit down, you know it's yours. When you receive Jesus, he put the seal on you of the Holy Spirit saying, you are mine now. My seal is upon you. Every demon in hell can see that seal and they hate it. It's like an engagement ring, a promise of the things to come. It says in the Bible that when we are in heaven, when we get there on that day, and we are children of God, and we've got the seal, we are going to be married to Christ. Right now, we are the bride that the, that the Lord is preparing for that day. 
for that wedding day. Right now, we're still just engaged to him. It says in the Bible, we are being saved. We were saved. We're also being saved, but we're also going to be saved on that day. Blessed are those who persevere to the end. Those who persevere to the end will be saved at that day. So there, there is a seal that the Lord gives us, like a wedding uh, um, engagement ring. And he sees us. We have the seal. If you have that seal, if you are engaged to the Lord. So maybe there are some people today that you're not engaged to the Lord. And I think maybe today the Lord wants to propose to you. There's going to be an opportunity, I think, today for the Lord to propose to you to say, will you be mine? I want to put the seal on you. I want to put the seal of the Holy Spirit on you so that when I see you one day face to face, I can tell you you're mine. Because there are those that are going to see the Lord face to face one day and going to say, I didn't know you. Because they don't have the seal of the Holy Spirit. There's a proverb about a wedding feast and, and um, everybody that wears a white jacket, Jesus tells a story, everybody that's got the white jacket, they are welcome into the wedding feast. But there was one man there that didn't have a white jacket. And, and the, the father of the wedding comes and says, what are you doing here? And that man is speechless. Because he knows he's got nothing to say. He's speechless. He had his opportunity to receive the seal, to receive the engagement ring, to receive the jacket, to receive the Holy Spirit. But he, he rejected that. But I want to say today that the Lord is giving opportunity for you to be engaged to him. So that when you do see him one day, face to face, he'll say, I know you. Because you've got the seal, the promised seal of the Holy Spirit. Amen? If that's you today, I'm sure the Lord is proposing to you and saying, will you be mine? Will you accept what I did for you? What I, what I did for you, I died on the cross for you. Will you accept that today? Will you receive the seal and the power of the Holy Spirit? Romans chapter 8 from verse 9 to 11, it says, You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. I'm talking to the church. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, make sure today that the Spirit of God is in you, is dwelling in you, and we'll have time to pray for that a bit later. A bit later. They came out in American. A bit later. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is, is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I want to, make, I want to say make sure today as you leave here that you've got the Holy Spirit in you. We will pray. If you know that you don't have the Holy Spirit and you don't have the seal, God's seal of approval today, and we're going to pray for you, there's going to be opportunity at the end that you would receive that. And in that, you would receive eternal life. It's His resurrection, being raised from the dead, that brought us that free gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. And we're not ending there. So the second thing I just want to... Um, remind us of what the Lord has given us to each and every one of us is hope. Come on. But there was, in some of our lives there was hopelessness. He has given us hope. I think even for the disciples, on the day that Christ died, they all ran away. And they all didn't, they, in fact, they didn't want to be associated with him. They were so scared. And they all ran in different directions. And when he had died, they were all depressed. 
they were all down and they were without hope because the one that brought them hope was dead. He was no more. And they hadn't seen him risen and they didn't believe all the scriptures that he had told them that I will come again. I will rise on the third day. You must meet me in Galilee and we'll get together. And they didn't believe him. And they were in a state for those few days of hopelessness. And here's just a story in John chapter 20 from verse 1 to 18. I just want, the heading is actually the resurrection after Christ died. It was on the third day now, which is today. It says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalena came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Mary Magdalena was the woman who said of her that she was a prostitute. She was a slovenly woman. And... Um, and the demon, uh, that Jesus had driven seven demons out of her. I mean, she was a woman with a troubled past. A woman that at one stage was hopeless and without any hope. And here she was looking for her Lord. Just to give you a bit of background. So she ran and went to, sorry, to Mary Magdalena, came to the tomb early while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. I think it was her idea to, to dress him with herbs and spices and, and you know, get his, and, and sort his body out. And, um, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple, sorry, let me just go back a bit. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb, both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter. That's John writing this. He's bragging. Eh? He's bragging. He's a sprinter. He outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And st stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying on the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Uh, just a quick story. I don't know if it's true, but it's something that I heard. You might have heard it as well about that cloth. Um, Jesus was a carpenter. This is not in the Bible. This is just traditional. I don't know, I don't know if it's true, but it's just a nice little uh, story to share on the side. So when Jesus was doing jobs, um, doing his carpentry work, it's, uh, they say that when he had finished a job for the day and the job was complete, he would take a piece of cloth and we'd leave it um, at the person's house on their table or whatever. There was no cell phones in that day, so he couldn't send the email with an invoice, but he would leave the cloth there, saying that the job, meaning this, so when people came home, they said, okay, the job is finished. And in a sense, Jesus was saying, with that cloth, the job is finished. I've paid the price. You know, whoever comes to me now will have eternal life. There's no more a dread about where we will end up. How many know that if, if you don't have Jesus, there's a, uh, if people don't have Jesus, there's a constant worry when they go sleep at night, when they wake up in the morning, where am I going to end up one day? Where am I going to end up? It says in Ecclesiastes, in the book of Ecclesiastes, that eternity is written in the heart of man. Every man, woman, and child that is ever born, the Lord has made sure that eternity is written in their hearts. They know whether they believe it or say it or ignore it, they know that there is an eternal life, and, but there is a worry. But Jesus is saying, it's finished. If you come to me, I will give you life. 
Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb. Sorry, where am I? Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first. You had to mention that again. Also went in and he saw and believed. When he saw that Jesus was risen and he saw the cross there, he, he saw and he believed. He remembered everything that Jesus had told him over and over again. He remembered that he was going to rise from the dead. And I think there the hope began to stir up in them. Thinking, okay, we've got some hope here. You know, there's no use somebody telling you they're going to die for you. That they're the son of God, they go and die and you don't see them again. There's no hope there. So there was a glimmer of hope here. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. She did not know it was Jesus. It says in the, in the word, in I think one or two Thessalonians, that when we are resurrected, we get new bodies. So there's a reason why she didn't recognize Jesus at that time. I think this is also for Jesus to show us. He is the first fruits of what's going to happen. We are come afterwards. We die too in him, if we're in him, and we are resurrected with new bodies. But he was the first one to get that new body. Amen? But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Why are you weeping and whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener. How dare you? <laughs> Just joking. Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. I'm ascending to, I love the way she, Jesus, who is high and mighty, doesn't act all high and mighty, and says, he's your father and he's my father. Go tell my brothers. Just like a friend, the friend that he is. Mary Magdalena went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord, and that he has said these things. I've seen the Lord. And Mary's, Magdalena's hope was restored. Here was a woman who was loved by the Lord, who was accepted by the Lord for everything, for her past, everything that um, she had been, everything that she had been through, the sinner that she was. She was so happy that here she's seeing her Lord again, and that he's alive. And so the hope began to wild up in her. And um, I thought to myself, out of all the people that the Lord reveals himself to, he shows himself to, he shows himself to this woman that had seven demons in her, and that he drove seven demons out of her. He revealed himself to this woman. And um, as I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking, why would he reveal himself to her? And, and I think of the two things that Jesus said, uh, asked in verse 15. Why are you weep weeping, and whom are you seeking? 
And there's something special, I think, that happens um, between people and the Lord. Something that gets the Lord's attention when there's a weeping in our hearts. When there's, when there's trouble in our hearts and we seek Him. And there was, a, there was a loneliness in our heart. There was a trouble in our heart. And in that place, there was a hopelessness in our heart. But in that place, she, she was seeking for a Savior. And I want to say that if, if you are here today, and you are, <laughs> but if you are here today and there's a hopelessness in you, just like in Mary, whether you know Jesus or whether you don't know Jesus, if there's a hopelessness in you today, if there's a worry in you today, I want to say that if you seek Jesus, He's going to reveal Himself to you. If you, if you seek Jesus, He's going to reveal Himself to you. With Mary, there was a, there was a concern in her when she was seeking the Lord, and He revealed Himself to her. And, but for a, little, for a little while, she was without hope. And I remember what it was like for me when I had no hope. For a long while, <laughs> I was without hope in my life. There was no hope. And I wasn't seeking Jesus. I was seeking all other things, drugs. And I remember staying in, in a drug house in Brooklyn several years ago in 2006. And um, I had absolutely no hope. And I'd been doing drugs my whole life. And I was staying in a drug house. And one morning after just, and I wasn't able to support my, my little girl. She was three years old. She's, uh, she'll be 20 soon. But I wasn't able to help her. I wasn't able to provide for her. I had absolutely no hope in me at all. And there was a weeping that was going on in my heart. And I was very troubled. And I couldn't have, I couldn't have a normal life. I couldn't go do shopping. I was ashamed. The mother sang a song just now. The shame has been taken away. But I was ashamed. I was embarrassed of who I was. I couldn't come off drugs. From 10 years old, I was doing drugs. I was 30, um, 35 at the time. And I was hopeless. And I remember one morning after a whole night of doing drugs, I smoked crack. Rocks, crack cocaine. I said, God, if you're real, if you're real, will you please help me? And the Lord didn't delay, <laughs> I must say. And the next day, two people came to me, and they came to get me out of that drug house. One of them was a drug addict I used to do drugs with. He looked at me, one drug addict to another, and he said, Declan, you look terrible. And um, I was looking terrible. I was almost dead. And I, I landed up in a Christian men's home just the next day. Because the Lord saw that there was a weeping inside me. And I, and I was seeking him. I just asked that simple question. God, if you're real, will you please help me? And he came and he helped me. And I want to say that if you seek the Lord today, he will reveal himself to you. He will show up. And there might be something in your life today that's troubling you, whether you know Jesus or not. And I, mean, I want to say at the time I didn't know Jesus, but he heard my cry. And when I called out to him, he came and he helped me. The risen king, he came to help this, this man. Amen? And I think the Lord might be asking you today, why are you weeping? Is there something in your life that's troubling you? Is there something in your, 
in your heart, in your soul, that's wrong? Is there sin that you are struggling with? Why are you weeping? And then also, whom are you seeking with that? With that? Because for years, the things that I was seeking was drugs. That was my fulfillment. It was drugs. It was crack. And I think the Lord would ask you today, you know, what is it? Why are you weeping? What is it in your life that's maybe getting you down, that's maybe blocking you, that's maybe preventing you from having the life that He has for you? And there's something about coming before the Lord and acknowledging your sin. Maybe it's not sin. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe it's some relationship problem. But there's something about acknowledging the Lord in your situation. Coming before Him and saying, Lord, this is, this is what I'm struggling with. For me, it was, Lord, I'm a drug addict. I can't help myself. If you're real, please help me. And there's something about seeking the Lord that He will come and help you. It says in James chapter 4, verse 6, God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. In verse 10 it says, if you humble yourself before the Lord, He will exalt you. So there might be some of you here today that actually need to do that. You need to humble yourself before the Lord and say, Lord, I have got something going on here. There is a weeping going on in me, and I'm seeking you today. Maybe you don't have the Holy Spirit. Maybe you don't have the seal, the engagement ring that the Lord wants to give you. But if you, if you humble yourself today and you ask Him, He will give it to you. It's not like He has to give you anything. I say, we want that. We need that. We need His salvation. And He wants to give it. Amen? Can you say amen? amen. There we go. Sometimes even as believers, we have something going on. We have some trouble going on. And I'm thinking of Hannah in the first book of Samuel. She was a believer. She used to go worship the Lord. And her, her issue in her life was she couldn't fall pregnant. And for years she cried out to the Lord. And it says in the scriptures that as she said, I'm pouring out my soul. There was an acknowledgement from the Lord there that she's seeking me. She's telling me what her problem is. She wants a child. And she even made an agreement with the Lord. If you give me a child, I'll commit him to you. So there was an acknowledging that there's a, a weeping going on there. But there was also a seeking the Lord. And the Lord came through for her. So I want to say that the Lord has given us a hope. For those of you that don't know Jesus, He has given you a hope that you will know Him. That he will put his seal on you. That he will put his Holy Spirit on you. And that he will know you when he sees you face to face one day. And even for those of us that are believers that have an issue. That have something we are dealing with. There might be something in your life that you are dealing with. Some weeping going on there. I know I have. There's always something in my life. <laughs> There's always some, Sometimes, you know, as a Christian, the Lord takes you, it says, from glory to glory. From strength to strength. And then you go through another trial. And then you find out as with, you, with a group of friends that, yo, I'm feeling a little bit insecure here. What's going on? Oh, hey, this guy's looking at my girlfriend. I'm getting a bit jealous here. What's going on here? You know? And the Lord begins to show you these things. And there's a bit of a trouble that comes upon you. But because Jesus is raised from the dead and he sits at the right hand of the Father, he wants to get involved in us, in our business. 
and he wants to come through for us. Amen? So we have this hope, and I hope he's in him. Can you say amen? Okay, amen. Wonderful. And then I want to say the final thing, well, the third thing, not the final thing. Yeah, I'm going to land now. Is eternal hope. He has given us eternal life. That the Lord has given us eternal life. Because of his resurrection, because he was raised from the dead, we too can be raised from the dead, the Bible says. I'm going to just read a few scriptures and then we're going to close. Just to encourage us to wash us with the word. Amen? What is the time? Okay. 1 Corinthians 15, from verse 19 to 22. It says, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are all of people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all be made alive. Shall all be made alive. In other words, through Adam, sin came into the world. And at one stage, we were all sons of Adam, sons of sin, born into sin, destined to be separated from God for all eternity. But in Christ, as we find ourselves in Christ, we shall be made alive and live with Him forever. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10, it says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that word Lord means the final authority and the supreme authority over your life. He is number one. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that he's resurrected and he seated at the right hand of God, then you will be saved. You will be saved. John chapter 1 verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I want to say that today the Lord wants, might want some of you to become his children, those that don't know him. And there's a way is that if you not only believe him, but you receive him as your Lord and Savior. That he gives you the right to become a child of God. Amen? John chapter 11, verse 25 to 26, Jesus said to her, and he's talking to Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He asked Martha. And she said, yes, I do believe it. But I want to ask you today, do you believe that? That though you die, you will live as, you're, as you are a child of God, as you receive the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Though you die, whether it's tonight or next year, you will live for all eternity with Him. Do you believe it? Come on. John 5, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes Him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Well, scripture 1 John 5, 11 to 12. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Do you have the Son? Do you have the Son of God in your life? Is He living in you by His Holy Spirit? I wonder, if we can, I wonder if we can stand. And I want to I pray for us.
Maybe the worship team can come up. So just on those three things, first of all, the Lord has given us His Holy Spirit. It's Resurrection Sunday, and we can be grateful for that, that He has given us the power of the Holy Ghost, the dynamite power, but there might be some of you today that don't have that. There might be some of you here today, you don't have the Holy Spirit. And you don't have, the second thing we spoke about is the hope. The hope in this life. Hope for breakthrough in this life. Hope for healing in this life. Hope for a good life in this life. From hopelessness to a place of hope. Whatever the situation is in your life. Maybe there's hopelessness in, in your financial situation. I don't know. And then eternal life Christ has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask if, if the Lord has spoken to you today and you're saying, you know what, I don't have the Holy Spirit. I don't have the seal. I don't have that engagement ring. But I want it. I want to be united with Christ. I want to be united with Christ. I want the hope that's been spoken about. And I want that eternal life. I need it. I know I needed it. In and out of prison, stuck on drugs. While I was still a sinner, he saved me, the Bible says. So if that's you today and you're saying, I don't have the Holy Spirit, but I want the Holy Spirit. I want that seal. I want that engagement ring. I want that hope. I want that eternal life. If that is you, will you raise your hand with me? 